Why, hello, and welcome to We Just Like to Talk. I'm your host, Becky. And I'm Ben. And this is a podcast for easy listening about hard subjects. And today's topic is... Moving to another city. So Becky, one of the experiences that you and I have in common is we have both relocated to other cities. Uh, we were we both grew up in Thunder Bay, but I moved several years ago to a small town in England where I taught for two years. And more recently, last year, you moved to Montreal, Quebec. Yeah. You know what, Ben? I thought you were going to say something along the lines of we have a shared experience of loving chocolate and candy so much but yes we also have the shared experience of each moving to different places so i think the reason we both wanted to bring this subject up is because we both have lived it obviously and uh speaking about these experiences we've realized that we each struggled with certain things either the same things or or different different ones and I also feel like because I know a lot of people who have moved recently um and and I'm sure you you do too is that I think that that this could be helpful and that they could know that they're not alone in their experiences and with their struggles Ben for those that don't know Thunder Bay as well as we do how would you describe it picture a city Hugging the corner of the shores of Lake Superior in Ontario, Canada. Thunder Bay is a city. Um, our population's <laughs> around a hundred thousand people. We are we're the largest urban center around uh, for for quite quite a, quite a long distance. the The nearest population center would probably be Duluth, Minnesota, which is a few hours south of the border. Winnipeg is about six to seven hours drive west of us. And then to the east, going around the shores of Lake Superior, you'd get to Sault Ste. Marie and Sudbury in a few more hours after that. So we're, we're, we're somewhat, it's strange because there's a lot of people around us, but we're also quite isolated from other cities. It's not like a more uh, densely populated part of the country like Southern Ontario, where you drive along the highway for an hour and you're in a completely different city. If it's a bigger city, but it feels like a small town in some ways. We have lots of big box stores. We have more than our fair share of Walmart supercenters, count three of them. Mm-hmm. But we don't really have what you would maybe call like the high end, more like boutique stores. Or, or that's been getting better in recent years, I've noticed. We've had we've had more of those sorts of stores. But certainly if you are a shopping guru like you are becky uh your your choices are much your your pickings are much slimmer here in thunder bay than they are in a place like montreal Mm -hmm. so becky maybe you could describe for us like what motivated you to leave (laughs) thunder bay i mean for me it was work and i'll go into more detail about that in a bit but tell us why why did you leave thunder bay yeah so 
I'm actually originally from Timmins. <laughs> Ooh, she went there. I was wondering if she was going to confess this to you, <laughs> listeners. Yeah, that's my that's my dirty little secret is that I'm actually from an even smaller town with half, I would say about half the population is uh, Thunder Bay. And yeah, uh, when, you know, did university, I, I had a great experience. And then, like you said, you reach a point with your career, with your passions, and that you that you can't really go much further or, or you feel like you've sort of reached your limit. For me, I felt like I, I worked or had like collaborated with most people that I wanted to, had, you know, grown my blog as much as I could have in Thunder Bay. And honestly, I was just so bored in my job. And I was like, this is not what life is about is working a boring nine to five. I was living at my parents' house. And so I would say probably within what the last, well, no, that's not true. I I would say initially getting out of high school, I thought, okay, I want to move. I'm going to go to Toronto and I'm going to go to a university. And then my mom was like, she was discouraging me, but also saying like, you know, whatever, whatever you choose, I'll support you. You know, and she said like, if you go to Toronto, how are you supposed to support yourself and live off of like what money? (laughs) Like, which, yeah, was fair. And then I thought, okay, well, I'm going to do university and then I'm going to move right after. I went to university and graduated and I sort of kept like pushing it off or, or using certain excuses. Like I was applying to grad school for the second time and I was like, okay, I'm only going to apply to places outside of Thunder Bay because I wanted to move. And, and I was sort of giving myself that excuse. But I know you and I had had that conversation, Ben, of, you know, is grad school really for me? And then at the time I was like, yeah, you know what? I don't think it is. I, I think really deep down inside is what I want is just to move. And that's a scary thing because I I don't really know a lot of people. I don't even know if I know any person that really has just moved with no job and not because of school. I think we always look for excuses like to do certain things, right? And and moving is a big thing. And I'm I was very conscious of that. But basically... Long story short, dated someone for a while, was in a job for a while, was no longer in that relationship, and actually did a different job, and then I thought, okay, I'm setting a date, I'm going to book a one-way ticket, I'm going to save up money, and I'm and I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the plunge. Yeah, awesome. Would you care to disclose how old you were when you moved to Montreal? <laughs> well, that would be admitting my age, although I just, I did... <laughs> I did just admit it on Instagram. So uh, I was I was 27 when I moved and first time moving out of my parents' house. <gasps> Shocker. And yeah. first time living on my own and first time moving to a different city. So a lot of a lot of first. Whereas I was 22 when I relocated and Yeah. That I was fresh out of university. That was also my first time moving out of Thunder Bay and moving out of my parents' house. So we have that in common. But I was definitely younger and less experienced and more green than you were when you moved away. Yeah. I mean, I cannot imagine having moved that young. Because at that (laughs) age, you don't feel that young. But looking back, like, 
you're you're like a baby at that age. Mm-hmm. So so I moved to the UK because I was graduating from university with a teaching degree. I've always wanted to be a teacher for my entire life. Unfortunately, the job market didn't understand this, and there weren't really that many job openings for teachers here in Thunder Bay. Mm-hmm. So my first and only plan to graduate and immediately become hired as a teacher and have a nice permanent high school teaching job for my entire life didn't work out that way. <laughs> so in my last year of university, in, in January of that year, they had a career fair, an education career fair. And I went there and there were representatives from various school boards and recruiting places across Canada. There were also uh, three or four different recruiting agencies from the UK. And this is the very first time I had ever considered teaching abroad. And what really kind of clinched it was one of the agencies actually they would fly you, they would pay to fly you to the UK for a week. You would do like interviews, like speed dating style interviews in the UK with schools that were looking for teachers. That was really attractive because otherwise, mm-hmm. if it was just a case of doing a phone interview and getting hired unseen by this school and then show, having to show up in September and not really know what's going on, that wouldn't have worked at all for me, I don't think. But in this case, I actually got to go there. I got to see... The, the prospective schools that might want to hire me. And actually, I toured two of them and uh, eventually cho- I, I got a job offer basically from both of these schools and I chose one of the schools. And I chose it because there were several Canadian teachers who were there already, um, including some who were either from Thunder Bay or from like had, had worked at or sorry, had gone to Lakehead University. So I knew that going there, I would have this support system already in place. So although moving to the UK was extremely surprising for both me and my family members, I remember when my dad first heard about it, when he came home that day and I said, I think I'm going to go teach in the UK. I think that was the most shocked I'd ever made him. And, but yeah, it was it was a surprise to me that I, I decided to do that. But I, I did. Even, but I, I made sure I had a lot of support in place. It, everything worked out. It was one of those like the stars aligned situations. And mm-hmm. I'm, I don't, I'm not a believer in, in, in fate or anything like that. But I, w- I got super lucky when it came to that kind of thing. Uh, whereas I think you had, a, you had a bit of a different experience, at least in terms of trying to find a place to live, right? Yes. My whole intention was, okay, I'm just going to go to the city. I'm going to grow as a person. I'm going to do things that I enjoy doing. I'm going to meet new people. And I just knew or I just had one single friend living in Montreal. Basically, we just planned like the day, the date. And I packed my bags. I bought a one-way ticket. And she said, yeah, just just come. Just sleep on my couch. And, you know, you'll find a place. You'll find a job eventually. I think for me... I was definitely like very naive when it came to a lot of these things. Like finding an apartment, I thought, okay, that's only going to take me two weeks, three weeks maximum. Mm. And boy, was I so, so wrong. It took me a solid two months to find a place. So Ben, Mm -hmm. how did you find first moving to England? Yeah, so it's interesting because... Like I was saying a bit earlier, right? England is not super different from Canada culturally. 
there's a lot of stuff that's very recognizable. So it's the little things that trip you up. Uh, Little differences in vocabulary, little differences in just the way things operate. Often it's a source of humor. Sometimes it's a source of confusion. Uh, And I'll give you one particularly hilarious example. This is just (laughs) after I'd moved there and I was shopping for baking ingredients. I wanted to make my ginger snaps, which I know you love. Yeah. And one of the ingredients for these ginger snaps is molasses. So I'm in a grocery store and I'm looking for molasses and I can't find it. I'm in the baking aisle. I go elsewhere. I'm like, where is molasses? Um, I must have had two or three different people in this who worked in this store looking for this thing for me. They were very helpful. They were very willing to help me. I th- so I think I started with one, and then they roped somebody else in, and then a manager got involved. And meanwhile, I'm, like, texting my friend or roommate or whatever and just, like, asking them, and they're Googling it. And eventually they come back to me, and they're like, so I think in England it's called dark treacle. No. Yeah. So the moment I said dark treacle, all of these people who are trying to help me light up and go, oh, yes, it's right here. And sure enough, it's there. And it's just, it's literally just a difference in terminology, right? Wow. I'm not a very outgoing person. I would feel not like lonely, but definitely alone in the sense of or a little bit isolated because and I was mm-hmm. I was living most of the teachers, most of the Canadian teachers at my school chose to live in the larger city nearby, which is Norwich. And I didn't choose to live there. I was living in the smaller Barry St. Edmunds, which I preferred. I liked. I liked how small it was. It felt closer to Thunder Bay for me. But it did mean I was a little bit isolated. You know, I didn't necessarily know that many people. It's not like I had, like, local friends, really. Mm -hmm. So that was an adjustment for sure. And then just adjustments in general, like, because I was living on my own, right? Being an adult, having to do my own laundry and going shopping for groceries every week and, and, mm-hmm. and keeping up that routine in addition to having a job. And I think you can probably relate to that part for sure. <laughs> oh, yes, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. The struggle is real. <laughs> well, because the thing, one of the things they don't tell you, right, is not just the the energy that you spend on this stuff, but... You have to develop your own like routine. You have to figure out what works yeah. for you. Yeah. Do you have any other questions for me in terms of like things you're curious about? Hmm. Were you homesick at all? Oh, for sure. Yeah, like homes. I was homesick for my own like room and my own house, right? And I was homesick for just like some of the food. I missed like Canadian candies or you know these things that you don't necessarily get in the UK. Uh, going to restaurants. Most restaurants there don't have iced tea, which I really enjoy because mm. I don't drink. And so that was, and I don't really like drinking a lot of cola. So that was my sort of go to. Um, mm. One thing I really liked about a lot of restaurants there, like a lot of pubs and stuff, is you would order at the bar and you would pay up front so that, and, and that, I liked that because once you were done eating, you could just go. You didn't have to wait for mm. a bill. That is actually a really great idea. So this was your first teaching job. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, a huge adjustment, right? Yeah. Keep in mind, so I'm 22 years old, going to be turning 23 in a couple of weeks. I've yeah. been to this country once before for a week during interviews. <laughs> I fly in a few days before I start work. So I have a couple of days to get settled into my place and then boom, it's right into work. 
Wow. Haven't like prior to this, all all the teaching I've done has been my two practice teaching placements. This is my first time being like by myself in a classroom full of students. And I've expected to like tell them, I'm your teacher. Sure, I know what I'm doing. Yes, I'm a foreigner. Wow. <laughs> I've just been told this is what I'm teaching. Um believe that I have authority, please. <laughs> Did you feel like there was a lot of support like from the other teachers? My colleagues were fantastic. We we pulled together and we supported each other as best we could. But so yeah, it's just there's a lot of pressure on teachers over there. That's one of the reasons why I didn't stay beyond the the initial 2 years of my visa was because I didn't like who I was becoming in that environment. I didn't like the type of teacher I was becoming. I was becoming a yeller. I yelled a lot. Mm. Um, try to imagine me yelling, Becky. I really can't. I think you're, I think you're bluffing. No, no. (laughs) Like people would come and like close my door because I was being too loud. Being there for two years. I mean, I mean, it did teach me a lot. I learned how to be a teacher because they, it does not matter what they say. You can't learn how to do that in university. Just, they don't teach you how to teach in a university. They, they give you the qualification. They give you the piece of paper and they, the, the former teachers who are there try to tell you what it's going to be like, but you don't really know until you've been doing it for a couple of years. Which is actually wild. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's true for a lot of jobs, but yeah. I I learned a lot those first two years that I've continued to apply and build on top of in subsequent years. What about you in terms of moving to Montreal and, and making adjustments and stuff. What were some things that surprised you? Uh, be, because kind of like me, like, I mean, you moved to another city in Canada, but you mm-hmm. moved to Quebec, which is basically a foreign country. So Ugh. culturally and geographically, it's quite different from Thunder Bay. So describe for me what some of the challenges or interesting surprises awaited you in Montreal. Mm. I had a feeling that the language was going to be obviously something that I needed to work on. I didn't realize how many, like, people from France moved here. It obviously makes sense, but I just didn't really know. I just, I had no idea. French-dominated city, it's not only difficult because you're learning the expressions of the Québécois, but then you're also learning expressions of people from France, right? So Mm. it's like you're almost learning two separate languages because... Some of the things they say in Montreal, they don't say in France, and then vice versa. So mm-hmm. it it's very much depends on the context. It depends who you're around. That was definitely a challenge, and sometimes it still is a challenge. I learned French in school. I took French immersion up until grade 12, then hadn't used it in about, I don't know, nine years. You forget a lot of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You forget expressions, you forget even like simple words, and it's almost like I have to remind myself or at least speak French a little bit throughout the day, at least once a day, or have nice long conversations in French where I stumble on things and, I mean, come on, I can barely speak English, like, <laughs> gotta cut me some slack in that department. <laughs> 
I, th- I think you've done really well just as like an outsider observing like every time we're yeah. talking on the phone and you're walking around and <laughs> you'll just be like wait a minute and then Sully switched to speaking French and interacting <laughs> with somebody and I'll overhear you and it's just like wow I can't yeah. do that and I, I took French all through high school not a French immersion but I took French all through high school and like you were saying if you don't use it you total you totally lose it absolutely it's uh it's a challenge for sure thought this was very interesting because as someone who just i like fashion i like to look a certain way i like to present myself a certain way to people it's just very interesting because i feel like people don't really care like they don't put Mm -hmm. a lot of emphasis on that which can be nice but also that was an adjustment i think for me so instead of you know going to do groceries and looking really good i was just like well does it really matter not gonna run into people whereas in thunder bay that changes instantly it's like I make sure I look my best and <laughs> people do sort of notice. Yeah. That's the thing about Thunder Bay, right? Is that Thunder Bay is just so small. Yeah. You run into people all the time that you don't want or to run into. Or you never run into them, right? It's, yeah. it's one or the other. You're either always running into people or you never run into somebody. Exactly. And, and the thing is, is that when you think you're not going to run into anyone, you always you run into one. Yeah. Someone. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So... Probably that. And then also, like, getting adjusted to the public transit here. I remember I got lost on the metro. Not a lot. I think, like, one or two times, which isn't actually that bad. I would say the transit here is really good. It's obviously it can get pretty crowded at certain times. But overall, it's it's very convenient. It's reliable. Unlike Thunder Bay. (laughs) Hmm. I think their attitudes on on certain things, like... Smoking. Yeah, smoking is huge here. Ontario, it's kind of, like, frowned upon. Like, they have to go so far from a building to smoke. Whereas here, it's, like, people are always smoking on the streets. Like, you just get, like, smoke blown in your face, and that's... That's just another day outside. Or or you'll, be, or you'll be on a date and have no idea they smoke until at mm. one point they go, I'm just going to go for a smoke. Are you going to come with me? And you go, no. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, man, I should have put that in my, my Bumble profile or at least <laughs> ask this person if they smoke. Yeah. So that's that was that was a shocker to me. I was like, what? People smoke? Like, this is so gross. What about just like... Um, like finding like a gym or finding like places to go to work out or like places like shopping like how how is that different in terms of like meeting people and finding places finding the services that you like Thunder Bay I think it's more common to go to like a chain grocery store and get it all get everything in one place so even like your toothpaste some medication your food it's all within one store Whereas here, it's really uncommon to find, like, maybe, like, household products. And, and this depends on the store, too, right? Like, little boutique grocery stores aren't going to have that. And 
I, I find that it's more common to go to like a couple places even just for your food. So, you know, you go to the butchers and then a couple stores down, you go get your produce and then you go to the bakery and then you go to a cheese cheese shop. So I think that's way more common here. Whereas in Thunder Bay, it's like one stop shop. So I think there's mm. pros and cons to both. But now I've just gotten used to sort of planning it out and, and going to certain places on certain days. And also it's really nice because there is a cafe on every single corner. And I don't know many places like that other than no, Montreal. That's that's definitely something I miss about living in Barry St. Edmunds. And yeah, yeah I, I would I had a similar experience. And that's the, the thing about Thunder Bay, right, is I, I get so annoyed when I have to go to more than like two places when I go mm. out because sometimes it means driving for like 10 minutes. I know that doesn't sound like a lot to anybody who lives in Southern Ontario. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but in Thunder Bay, it's annoying because, uh, but because other than sort of like the two downtown cores, mm-hmm. you don't have, you don't have those stretches of little stores all close together in walking distance, right? Thunder Bay is not a walkable city. No, not at all. So you have to drive to these different larger stores, whether you're going to the mall or whether you're going yeah, the mall uh you're you know or you're going to like one of these other sort of what do you call them like strip malls or like areas with stores all clustered together Mm -hmm. to find what you need whereas in montreal or in where i was living in england you could literally just walk down the main street the high street whatever you want to call it and you could hit a bunch of different stores in one go and then that would be your shopping right Absolutely. And also and then duck, it, duck into a cafe for a croissant or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And everything, depending on where you live, there's usually like a couple of, you have like some variety. It's not like you're stuck with just one little grocery store. There's like going to be like five, mm-hmm. depending on where you live. So that's also nice. You had You do have a lot more choice. And I also noticed that I, I knew that um, food was more expensive in Thunder Bay, like produce wise and oh, yeah. meat and all that stuff, like going to the grocery store. I had an idea, but I didn't really know how bad it was. And I mean, coming here, it's like you can buy stuff so cheap and you're not spending much on groceries. Whereas you go to Thunder Bay and it's like you buy a couple things and you racked up like a hundred dollars at once. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Same. That? Same thing in England. Groceries so much cheaper. Yeah, I mean, plus everything's in pounds, and the pound is so much better than the dollar in terms of Mm. its monetary value. Like, let me tell you, coming back to Canada and bringing my money with me—that's nice. That was a nice feeling. Um, Yeah, but yeah, so much cheaper. (sighs) Oh, and another thing too, I feel like because I had so many connections in Thunder Bay, it was so easy to get a—I shouldn't say so easy because obviously worked hard and had good references and stuff, but. It was a lot easier to get a well-paying job in a decent environment, that kind of thing, because I knew people. Whereas here, because I don't know any or many people, it was just a lot harder. And and I and I have heard from many people that it's not uncommon to, you know, search for a good-paying job in a nice Mm -hmm. area with a good boss like all of that stuff like all the things that you're looking for for a couple of months whereas i thought Mm -hmm. you know first moving here i'm like oh well it's only going to take me 
a month, maybe two maximum. And then, you know, like the reality sets in and it's like, no, that's going to take a while and longer. Like you're just going to have to be patient kind of thing. Yeah. Actually, okay, this is a good one. Maybe because it's a bigger city, there's, it's more like culturally diverse than Thunder Bay. Um, I feel like the people here are a lot more open about everything, like race, gender, sexual orientation, all of it. Maybe the language, like some people can be a little bit stuck up about, but you don't see it very often. So I, it's not that big of a deal. But I feel like in Thunder Bay, it's maybe just a little bit more racist and like closed-minded, I would say. A little bit? <laughs> hey, I'm trying to be nice. I don't live there anymore, so you know. <laughs> there, there's an entire podcast called Thunder Bay about how mm-hmm. racist the city is. I know, it's um, bad. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. It, it's like Th- Thunder Bay has diversity and Thunder Bay has a lot of a lot of people, I would say, who are who are working hard to celebrate diversity and things like you know there 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 is a small but vocal pride community and stuff in Thunder Bay, mm-hmm. but I I'd agree with you just by virtue of being a larger urban area, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's probably it's probably easier to find your people, right? Yeah, I would I would agree with that for sure, and and I think people are more willing to kind of like branch out, like yeah, yeah. there are certain places. You know, like, Little Portugal. Like, there are, like, set places like that. But there's just such a mix of people that that's not even a thing, I think, that crosses people's minds. Whereas, Mm -hmm. like, you know, coming from a smaller place, not seeing as many, as much diversity, and then going on the the metro system, I, I would just be, like, looking around, like, wow, like, this is amazing. Like, there are people from all walks of life who look totally different from me. Like, I don't know, I found it pretty cool. So before we we wrap up here, Becky, just one other thing I wanted to talk about was how we've both moved away from Thunder Bay. But I moved away knowing that I would be coming back in two years, almost certainly. It was a temporary relocation, and then I was going to come back to Thunder Bay for at least a little bit of time. Whether or not I stayed in Thunder Bay was dependent on getting a permanent job, which I finally did. Whereas you've moved to Montreal with, as far as I I understand it, every intention of not moving back to Thunder Bay, whether you stay in Montreal indefinitely or maybe you end up moving to another place, depending on, you know, how your career ends up developing. But Mm -hmm. that strikes me as as a bit of a significant difference in terms of our perspectives and stuff. So I'm just I'm curious, what's it like having relocated semi-permanently somewhere else? I think because I'm still in the transition, there are still some things that I'm working through. Mm-hmm. I am hesitant to change every single thing, like my health card and my driver's license, because it's expensive and I, I still have sort of like one foot in the door in Ontario and then one foot in the door in, in Quebec. So... Mm. 
that's a little bit of a challenge. But I think because I just got a, a more permanent job here, that gives me some stability, which which is really nice. And it's something different. It's creative. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's, it is nice because it offers me more opportunities. But then there's also the flip side of I obviously miss my friends like you back in Thunder Bay and... I miss my family. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, especially now because it's been a stretch of time. Yeah. I'm noticing it like a little bit more, I would say, than when I first moved and every single thing was so new mm-hmm. and kind of scary, but but really exciting. And I didn't yeah. even have really much time to think like, oh, I miss my friends and miss my family because I was still adjusting so much. But... Now that I've adjusted more, it's like kind of has set in a little bit like, oh, yeah, I can see what people mean by the, when they say like I'm a little bit like homesick or maybe mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little bit lonely. Like it's still exciting. There's still a lot of things that are new for me. But Yeah, I, I, I and I, I definitely noticed that in you, what you were saying about how when you first moved there, everything was new, and exciting and you just had so much going on. Versus mm-hmm. now that you're you're much more settled in, mm-hmm. and, and you're you're a lot more contemplative about what's going on, and mm-hmm. I think you're being a little bit more deliberate about uh, what you're doing in terms of exploring the city and stuff. Whereas before, you would you, maybe you would just be doing everything that came up, <laughs> and now you're like, well, I've got a job and I've got obligations, and mm-hmm. you know you're you're starting to to put down roots, which is kind of nice to see. It strikes me. Hmm. As very ironic, though, when you talk about how you've got one foot in Ontario, one foot in Quebec in terms of like not changing things over mm-hmm. because that the opposite was true for me when I when I went to to England, even though I knew I was coming back in two years. Right. I had to open a British bank account with a, hmm. with a British bank. I had to get a British cell phone number. Right. Like, you know, I I I, I had to fill out a lot of forms and I. Yeah. I left my mark in a lot of bureaucracy there and when i was moving back i had to spend a significant amount of time disentangling myself right and closing Mm. things out i closed out my bank account and brought my money back over and i canceled my phone subscription and i canceled other subscriptions and it was just slowly like taking myself away from from all of the paper trails i'd created Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas it's almost like you you haven't quite done that yet in in some <laughs> some situations. I know there's other things you've subscribed to, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think I think that's that's interesting that you know here I am and because I went to a different country, mm-hmm. I had to have these things just for two years. And whereas because you've just moved to a different province, there are certain things that you can hang on to at least for a little bit. Yeah, at least until I get caught, and then you know. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure you want this in the podcast do i cut this part out yeah i i think that there has been so many changes that i'm like okay maybe just for like a little bit i'm okay not changing a whole bunch of stuff okay so let's finish things off uh just by sharing one like surprising thing or or one highlight that we enjoyed about moving okay uh, so one th- one thing that i really enjoyed about moving to england was the sensation of walking around this this and exploring this different place 
not for the sake of exploring it but just realizing like the 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 newness of it like i could i could walk around and be like this i didn't grow up here this is new and i can turn a corner and there's people here who are so different from me and i i never quite lost that sense of wonder the entire time that i was there i'm like i am living in a different place Mm. And, and i thought that was really fun and interesting oh i think that's a really great one maybe it sounds a little cliche but i feel like i'm enjoying the process of growing and i'm liking the person that i'm becoming I don't think that sounds cliche at all. I think that sounds (laughs) excellent. And I like the person that you're becoming too. Good. Good. Because (laughs) I'm helping helping you become that person. And vice versa. Yeah. (laughs) And I think think that's what I was trying to get at with my thing is that having moved somewhere other than Thunder Bay and then come back to Thunder Bay, at least I've got that different perspective. I have that contrast. And I think that's helped me grow... Uh, much faster and also just much more significantly than if I had never left Thunder Bay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing Uh. to move, people. Mm -hmm. Or at least, you know, it's something you could could be open to if it's practical for you. Yeah. All right, so let's wrap things up. Thank you for talking with me about moving to Montreal and about my experiences living in England for two years. Thank you for talking with me. Yep. I don't know what we're going to be talking about next time, Becky. We haven't figured it out yet. We'll let you know on social media when we do. So where should people find us and follow us if they want to learn more about our podcast? You guys can find us on our website, which is www.wejustliketotalk.com. And you can also find us on iTunes and anywhere else you find podcasts. So please like subscribe and comment and if you want send us hate mail thank you to one of our lovely listeners who sent us a funny hate mail which we both appreciated (laughs) and uh we hope that if you've moved or if you're planning on moving that uh, this episode helps you out i'm thankful that even though we are in two separate cities that we're just as close if not closer 